The Animals Podcast presents A Meeting by the River, adapted by Christopher Isherwood and Don Bacardi from Isherwood's novel, directed by Anthony Page, starring Dominic West, Kyle Soller, Penelope Wilton, and Annabelle Mullion. Music by Edmund Jolliffe. Act One. My dear son, this morning I got a letter from your brother, Patrick, which I feel I should tell you about since it may concern you. It seems that he's been in Hollywood. You may wonder why a book publisher should linger in that bookless paradise. The answer is that he's preparing to produce a film there. Heaven knows why. Perhaps one can sell books to the Americans by making films out of them first. The film is to be photographed in Singapore, which when I looked it up on the Atlas seemed to have got much nearer Calcutta than it used to be. Patrick says nothing in his letter about coming to visit you there, but I wouldn't put it past him. I just want to assure you, Oliver, that I have not suggested he should do this. Your mother has been accused in the past of meddling, but those days are over. If, for some reason beyond my comprehension, you want to see your brother, you must write and tell him so yourself. Judging from those extremely uncommunicative postcards you send me every six months or so, I have a feeling that all visitors may be unwelcome. Dear Patrick, suppose you'll be surprised to hear from me after this long silence. Almost as surprised as I should be to hear from you. I'm only writing because of a stupid misunderstanding which has now got to be cleared up without further delay. The point is... Mother is still under the impression, and I suppose you and Penelope are too, that I'm here in Calcutta working for the Red Cross. Well, as a matter of fact, I'm not. I'm in a Hindu monastery a few miles outside of the city on the bank of the Ganges. I mean, I'm a monk here. Will you tell Mother about this for me? let things slide for so long that it's impossible for me to tell her myself. Just tell her. I shall be taking my final vows towards the end of this month. Mother didn't say whether or not Penelope is on this trip with you. No doubt she'll be astonished when she hears what I've done. And amused, too. Well, she's entitled to her laugh. Considering my former opinions and behavior, the joke is certainly on me. My decision to become a monk is of long standing, made after careful deliberation and absolutely final. Don't bother to answer this. Can you hear me now, Mother? 
I'm, I'm sorry about the phone line. I said that's all Oliver told me to tell you. I don't know any more myself. You mean you haven't seen Oliver yet? N- no, Mother. Oliver's somewhere near Calcutta. He's in this monastery I was telling you about. I'm in Tokyo at the Daiichi Hotel. How do you spell that? Oh, damn, Mother. What on earth does that matter? I just... I just flew here from Los Angeles today, and I'll be in Calcutta tomorrow night. Oh, how you all jump about these days. Does Oliver know you're coming? Well, he will by now. Anyhow, he's longing to see me. I can't believe he said that. I just know he is. I know Oliver well enough to be able to read between the lines. Why has he been making all this mystery? Well, he's always had such a sense of the dramatic. I call it plain self-indulgence. He had a marvellous job in the city. Everyone said he was set to become the next governor of the Bank of England. Instead of which he runs off with the Quakers to tidy up the Congo. (laughs) (laughs) Oliver's charity never begins at home. Perhaps we should darken our skins. Mother, you're completely horrible. At least you must respect Oliver's principles. I've no patience with Oliver's principles. He gave up his position at the bank because he said banking is usury, which we all know. But one doesn't say it to one's bank manager because it's rude. Well, Oliver always does exactly what he wants to do. The rest of us are slaves to our obligations. I better not tell Penny I said that. She'd be sure to take it personally. Penny is listening. Oh, darling, damn, I'm sorry. Now, Mother, you're not to worry, do you hear? Oliver is going to be all right. I have a feeling he is. And you know my feelings, they're never wrong. Yes, Patrick, I know your feelings. I'll say goodbye now. Goodbye, Mother. Penny, darling, are you, are you still there? Of course. You heard all that about Oliver? Yes. Yes, I did. Oliver, you thought you'd be astonished, are you? No. No, I'm not, actually. (sighs) Dear old Ollie, what in the world is going to become of him when he runs out of causes to embrace and profits to sit at the feet of? You remember that terrifically aggressive, passive resistor who kept landing Ollie in prison? No, uh, he was before my time. Well, there are at least half a dozen others. But a monastery? A Hindu monastery? What fun. Fun? to see how he'd get himself out of it. Oliver's a regular Houdini. He's never gone as far as vows. What makes you so sure he wants to get out of it? Bless his heart, he never stays anywhere. But isn't this what he was always looking for, in a way? Sorry, my love, I ought to know by now. Understanding Oliver is your department. Darling, you, uh, you haven't told me how you are. I'm disgustingly healthy, as usual. Deirdre had a cold, but she's all right now. Daphne didn't catch it. I'm afraid that doll you sent her from Los Angeles for Christmas got its head knocked off. I have much better ones here in Tokyo. I'll see what I can do before the plane leaves tomorrow. Have you any message for him? Tell him. I'm glad he's found something he can believe in. And ask him if there's a Hindu convent in the neighbourhood. I may decide to renounce the world as soon as the children have grown up. I see you're not going to be any help. Patrick, why are you going to Calcutta? He's my brother. I must know why he's doing this. I didn't like your tone when you said Oliver is going to be all right. Darling, you must realise by this time that I never interfere with anybody. It's so involving and I'm much too selfish. It may not seem like interference to you, but if you see a screw loose, you've just got to unscrew it. Well, if Ollie's newfound faith can't stand up to a little friendly inspection, it isn't worth much. I promise you, Penny, Ollie won't even know what I'm up to. That's just what I'm afraid of. Au revoir, darling. Kiss the children for me. 
My next dispatch will be from the front line. Why so tragic? Oh, Margaret, you startled me. Isn't it nice that Patrick and Oliver are going to see each other again after all these years? You're desperate, aren't you? You think Patrick's going to knock your saint off his pedestal? In the days when you were engaged to Patrick, you didn't want Oliver to be a saint. If he makes Oliver unhappy, I'll... You'll do whatever Patrick wants, no matter what happens to Oliver. Are we still taking the children to the zoo tomorrow? Unless you'd rather not come with us. I haven't anything better to do. Hello? Uh, you've got my call through to Los Angeles. Hello? Hello? Tom. Is that you? Yes, this is Tom. Is something the matter? I was asleep. What, what time is it with you? My watch seems to have stopped. It says 4 a.m. <laughs> Forgive me, Tom. It is 4 a.m. I couldn't wait any longer. Oh. You miss me? Miss you? On the plane, I couldn't think of anything but you. <laughs> when they offered me a Tom Collins, I nearly burst into tears. <laughs> Tommy. <gasps> Remember that scheme of mine I told you about? You're coming to Singapore. Hmm. Oh, that was on Christmas Eve. Boy, were you smashed. But I remember everything I said, and I meant it. Well, I didn't say you didn't. Tommy, you know how I hate to make promises. Mm, no one's asking you to. But I've been thinking this over very seriously, and I really don't see any reason why I shouldn't get you a job on the film. Mm. As some kind of assistant. How does that sound to you? You'd be embarrassed with other people around. But was I embarrassed when we said goodbye at the airport? Everyone saw how I felt about it. And you. how do you feel about me? Oh, Tommy, if you don't know by now... I don't know anything I am not told. Listen, I'll, 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 I'll call you as soon as I get to Singapore and know something definite. How long will that be? Oh, I don't know. Not long. A few days. A few days? Patrick! Patrick, I don't even know your address in Calcutta. Well, I'm not sure of that myself. A lot depends on my brother. Are you going to tell him about us? Are you mad? He's a monk. When don't monks know the facts of life? They try hard to forget them. Oh, Patrick! Look, don't get in touch until you hear from me. <sighs> good night, Tom, dear. Patrick, I mean, wait. Good morning. I'm not through yet. I love you, Patrick. And I know you love me, too. I'm not trying to pressure you, honestly. Patrick. Patrick, are you there? Oh, shit. Arriving tomorrow evening, 6 p.m. via Hong Kong. Staying Oberoi Grand Hotel, Calcutta. Realize your deep involvement, religious duties, and need for privacy at this time, but would be so grateful even for a few moments, if not for my sake, at least for Mother and Penelope. Shall not communicate further. Decision entirely yours. Would be so grateful even for a few moments. If I were in London, you wouldn't cross the street to see me. No, Brother Patrick. <laughs> you smell mischief. That's all. Some bad news? My brother is coming to see me. I love my brother very much. But when he came here, I did not wish to see him. 
I did not want to be reminded of the old days. Is it the same with you? Perhaps. We are your brothers now. Hmm? Good day. Good day, Ashi. Why did I write? But at least I waited till after I'd taken San, yes? That would have been the natural thing to do, having waited so long already. But no, I need him here first. To reassure me that what I believe isn't a lie, that this monastery is the right place for me and that I ought to become a Swami. That seems fantastic, but I know it's the truth. I haven't let myself realize until now what a terrific problem Patrick still is for me. He must come here and I must face him and our relationship. I must face him with all his arts and tricks, all the good, all the bad, everything. What's the use of me if I can't pass this test? What kind of swami am I going to be? Prana Maharaj. Because you like to sit on this bench, I feel I can bow down before it and take the dust of your feet. I can kneel here and offer you my thoughts. Maharaj, help me not to think of Patrick as my brother. Let me welcome him as your guest, not mine. Maharaj, you chose me for your disciple. I am unworthy of you and poisoned with resentment and sometimes half mad. But if you are with me, what can I possibly fear? Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu. Gurur Devo Maheshwaraha Gurur Eva Parabrahma Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha You will please fill this out immediately upon your arrival at the hotel. They look dreadfully complicated. Failure to comply might result in your being forbidden to leave India. Welcome to India. Ollie, I, I didn't recognize you. How marvelous. How good of you to come. Did you really think I wouldn't? Let me look at you. Very impressive. Is this... White robe, what you all wear? Only the novice monks. The swamis wear yellow. Ollie. <laughs> well, first of all, um, so I won't forget, is, is, is it all right to call you Ollie? Oh, why shouldn't you? Well, it seems <laughs> presumptuous somehow <laughs> with you dressed like that. You'll soon get used to it. I was going to ask a favour. I know how much you hate having your picture taken. It's for Mother, actually. I spoke to her last night. She sends her love. May I take a picture of you for her. And to show her I really have gone native. To show how well you're looking. <laughs> Am I? <laughs> Smile this way. Ollie, come on. You've lost some weight, perhaps. But it, um, it suits your costume. How do I look, Ollie? After all, it's been more than five years. I must have changed, haven't I? Well, I guess that's a new tropical suit, but no. <laughs> no I, I can't see that you've changed a bit. Oh, I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> 
Ollie, this is wonderful. I can't believe we're here together. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's didn't mean any disrespect, squeezing your arm. Oh, I'm not an untouchable, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, Ollie, thank heaven you haven't lost your sense of humour. <laughs> By the way, I remember you used to have a weakness for butterscotch. Callard and Bowser <sighs> brought you a packet. Or are such luxuries forbidden? It isn't forbidden. Oh, thank you. Thank you. My brothers will love it. Your brothers? Oh, yes, of course. By the way, how, uh, how long would it actually be before you take Sanyas? Ten days. How on earth did you know? Know what? That the final vows are called Sanyas. Well, I thought I'd do a bit of homework before coming here. Oh, that really wasn't necessary. <laughs> Who's that man over there, Patrick? Oh, he's someone I got talking to on the plane. He's staring at us. I was telling him about my film. He's a reporter. He's got interested in you, too. Hmm. I'm afraid that immediately means we hope. (laughs) (laughs) What's all this about a a film in Singapore? Uh, I don't know just how well Mother has kept you informed of my doings in her letters. She tells me that you're now the enfant terrible of the firm. Oh, but my various (laughs) ventures into vulgarity have made us a shamefully large sum of money. (laughs) Well, this time I've gambled far more drastically than ever before, got myself involved in making a movie based on this trashy novel we published about Singapore. The people who put the package deal together asked me if I wanted to run the show. I said I certainly did. The experience of masquerading as a movie producer was too much fun to be missed. You know, I've been expecting you to ask me about Penelope. How is she? She's well. Hmm. Deirdre has a cold. Daphne hasn't, but Daphne's doll has had its head knocked off. I was running up and down... The Ginza in Tokyo this morning trying to find a substitute. Isn't this one exquisite? Yeah. I hate to think what will happen to her once Daphne gets a hand on her. We think Daphne might grow up to be a really brutal masseuse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen to the Fon family man rattling on. You can't possibly want to hear all this. Well, why shouldn't I? Doesn't a monk renounce all personal ties? Well, yes, in a sense. But not in the way that you mean. You aren't required to become indifferent? No. I think that's very wise. You can't unmake a relationship just by saying it doesn't exist, can you? Ah, there are my bags. Mm, How elegant. Would you mind coping with them for me, Ollie? No, no, of course not. I'll get a porter. What's the idea? Aren't you going to introduce me to your brother? It wasn't the right moment. My brother's a bit... reticent. (laughs) He doesn't take after you, then? Well, I can't afford to be reticent. I'm in show business now. As far as I'm concerned, everybody's in show business. They've all got something they want to tell me. Some get coy about it, that's the only difference. Give give me until tomorrow. I must pave the way a little bit. You've no idea how difficult he is. Mm. Well, everyone's difficult at first. I suppose they all end by telling you everything. Okay, here he comes. All right, till tomorrow. Bags are all set. Look here, Ollie, let's, let's get this clear between us from the start. I know you have many duties, especially at this time. I don't want you to ever feel obliged to entertain me while I'm here. Well, as a matter of fact, the senior swamis are expecting you for lunch tomorrow. 
I'll pick you up at the hotel and show you around the monastery afterwards. Oh. Ollie! <laughs> you and me together again. <laughs> <laughs> and in Calcutta! <laughs> He hasn't really changed. I was right about that. I knew it before we'd even left the airport. Oh, but he's more everything. He has more assurance, he's slyer, he's more on his guard. Also, he's much more tired. At moments, he looks really dead tired. Perhaps it's slowly wearing him out, this need he feels to be eternally on the alert. <laughs> Forgotten how powerfully charming he is. Even when you know all his tricks, he can still charm you. I think he really is afraid of offending me. <sighs> Ought to melt my heart, I know, but it doesn't. It only irritates me. God, there was my ego. Posing in front of Patrick in its monk's robes, admiring itself as a budding saint. Ah, well, what else could you expect of it? When shall I get it through my head? Once and for all, that the ego, the Oliver in me, never will and never can be anything but a vain little monkey. I ought to be continually disassociating myself from it, calmly and firmly and with complete good humor. If you get angry with the monkey, you identify automatically. Patrick's world, the precious monkey, is fattened by being told about its remarkable sicknesses and greeds and rages. Here in the monastery, the monkey is methodically starved. To death. There was a time when I tried to stop the monkey jabbering to me about her. It was completely futile, of course. <laughs> How it pricked up its ears just when Patrick mentioned her name. Penelope. Have you been happy, Penelope? Have you? I used to take it for granted you must be unhappy. I'll never forget watching you preside over one of your little elegant, casual dinner parties. Kept telling myself she's doing this for Patrick, it's agony for her. Saw you as a sort of early Christian martyr. <laughs> Suppose I walked in and you, one evening in front of all your guests, just as I am now in this get-up, my white robe. How would you explain me away? May I introduce my brother-in-law, the Paramsa? Namaskar. <laughs> Gurus are in this season. Oh, bless you, my children. <laughs> the one is the many, and the many is the one. Oh, keep your eye on that lotus. <laughs> oh, bring out your guests, Penny. I'm on the prowl for disciples. <laughs> Om Tat Sat. Who's for the Himalayas? Huh? <laughs> Poor Oliver. Poor little monkey. All right. That's enough of that. Here we are, 
How'd you get? Well, I've got the fur. This should cover it, my friend. Ollie, I've got the most ghastly stage fright. Dining like this with your swamis. Don't worry, just be your charming self. But what shall I call them? Well, just drop in a swami from time to time to the ones in yellow like you would say father to a priest. Do I shake hands? Yeah, you can do that too, but if you want to show them that you know the ropes, you should first make them each a namaskar. Just put your palms together and bow your head. Oh, yeah, I saw them doing that once at a party at the Indian Embassy. It means that you're saluting the eternal in the other person. Mm, I like that. So democratic. You mean I've got one too? Well, obviously. Namaskar. Namaskar. <laughs> oh, there is one thing I should warn you about. Since I'm a novice monk... A brachamari. A brahmachari. Brahmachari, brahmachari. <laughs> yes. It's customary for me to make pranams to the senior swamis when I meet them. That's also called taking the dust of someone's feet. Mm, isn't that awfully messy? Not at all. The dust is only symbolic. It's just a gesture of reverence and asking for a blessing. I prostrate, touch his feet, touch my forehead. You'll see. I won't have to do it. Oh, good heavens, no. No, they'd think you were sending them up. But doesn't anyone take the dust off your feet? No, of course not. I'm not a swami yet. <sighs> Let's go in. We were so lucky to borrow this. The young ones carried them from Swamis? Oh. This is my brother, Patrick. Namaskar, Patrick. Namaskar, Swami. Pranam, Swami. <laughs> Namaskar, Patrick. Namaskar, Swami. Pranam, Swami. So, you have made this arduous and lengthy journey solely in order to visit your brother. <laughs> this is indeed a most touching proof of fraternal devotion. Oh, don't give me too much credit, Swami. I'm only... 75% devotion. No offense, Oliver. I was uh, I was coming out to this part of the world anyway, to Singapore, actually. You see, I'm, uh, well, I'm the unspiritual one in the family. I'm producing a motion picture. Oh. Ah, but you should not apologize for that. The motion picture can be highly educational. <laughs> when in Europe, Tarun Maharaj once wrote to us that he was becoming an ardent devotee of the cinematograph. Is he one of the swamis here? If he's a film buff, I'd, I'd love to have a talk with him. You have not told your brother about Tarun Maharaj? Uh, no, Swami, not yet. You should do so. Patrick, you have now had time to form some impressions of our country, isn't it? Well, Swami, everything's, everything's much more than I expected in, in every way. You have had no disappointments. Oh, I'm, I'm a guest here, you know. Oh, please, no false oriental politeness. From you we expect rigorous criticism. Or how shall we improve? It's really nothing at all. I'd, I'd rather not tell you, Swami, unless you command me to. <laughs> I command you. <laughs> well, when I came into this room, I was disappointed. You see, I'd been hoping we would eat on the floor. Hey. <laughs> hey, what a veritable comedy of errors. We try to please you by adopting your Western customs, and you are disappointed that we do not behave naturally. <laughs> Remove the screen that separates us from the dining hall and remove the table and the chairs. Quickly! Come, come, quickly! This is dreadful, I'm... Mean. 
giving you so much trouble. Oh, no trouble at all. You want these knives and forks and spoons, Swami? Uh, yes, it will be better. Oh, excuse me, Swami, but don't, don't you eat with your fingers? You will find it very difficult. Well, I'd like to try. You see, I want to share my brother's life with him while I'm here. Capital. Take away the cutlery, Asim. We will dine on the floor with our mats and bowls with our brothers. Bravo! You are a true Hindu at heart. Prema took many months to become accustomed to our ways. Is that not so, Prema? Yes, Swami. <laughs> Prema? That's my name here. Mm. It means ecstatic love for the Lord. Oh, I must remember to call you that. Oh, I nearly lost that bite. It's too big. <laughs> Look, forgive me, I must capture all this. May I, may I take a photo? I want the family to see Prema here with you, sharing this beautiful life. It explains things to them much better than any words. All look towards me, please. <coughs> Smile, Prema. Well, perfect. Jai Shri Guru Maharaj Ki Jai. Prema, you have no need to help your brothers remove the mats and molds. Go with Patrick. Remo will show you our monastery grounds. Ollie, was I awful? I thought I saw you blushing. I, did I disgrace you? <laughs> they took to you at once. Oh, thank you for showing me around. Oh, I hope it's all right taking photos. Mm -hmm. Oh, how mother would adore this. She'd have her easel up in no time and start doing watercolours like mad. You're certainly lucky to be outside Calcutta. My God, the crowds and the stinks and the smoke from all those charcoal burners. I must see that the photographs I send to mother are carefully edited. I see you're rebuilding your temple. Mm, not at all. Can't even afford to repair it. That scaffolding is to keep the whole place from falling down. What's that building over there, where the phone is ringing? Ah, we call it Porter's Lodge. Letters get delivered there and messengers bring parcels. The letters and parcels lie around indefinitely. So do the messengers. Don't any of them answer the phone? No, they wouldn't dream of it. Rings and rings until one of the swamis happens to come by. Or the caller gets tired. <laughs> Excuse me, I'll go answer it. To have it, never been able to break. No Westerner can ignore a telephone. Too late! No one there. <laughs> one day I'll learn. <laughs> By the way, I've been meaning to ask you, where's, where's your room? Um, over there. <clears throat> oh, may I see it? If you want to. Uh, just go up those steps. It's the open doorway at the top. I'll wait over there by that bench. Maharaj, help me to make him understand. Prana Maharaj, I take the dust of your feet. 
Ollie. 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 What are you doing there? <coughs> Nothing. I, I, I simply don't believe it. What do you mean? Well, that awful little dungeon. I mean, up those stairs. You sleep there. And one of those bedrolls on the stone floor. When I first arrived, they offered me a room to myself in the guest house. And you didn't take it? Well, obviously not. Oh, like Lawrence of Arabia proving that he was just as tough as his Arabs and a bit extra. Surely you're not comparing this place to the Arabian desert and wartime. Well, it's just that I'm trying to imagine myself living here. You get used to it. Never! I'm... <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I, I can't help it. There's something about this place that gives me the creeps. I mean, look at those men and boys bathing, sticking their heads in that brown mud water. Look at them. Swilling it around in their mouths and spitting it out again. I will admit, I... I sometimes feel terribly out of place here. Only it, it's for quite a different reason. You see, the monks here are happy. I can't always live up to that. It takes an awful lot of sanity to bear the company of happy people. You don't feel trapped? Well, how can I? I'm free to leave at any time. Monks do leave every so often. Nobody tries to make them feel guilty. You know, this order, this order has a great tradition behind it, based on the experience of hundreds of generations of monks who've lived this life by this river. Not used to your climate yet. Couldn't we uh, sit down on this bench? I, I don't sit there. Is it reserved for swamis? No. Not... not exactly. Look, I'm sorry to seem so critical. I'm... I really is it. You didn't ask me to come here. Oh, but I did. <laughs> I did. If I hadn't subconsciously wanted you to come, I never would have written you the kind of letter I did. Curt? Mysterious? With keep-out signs all over it. Huh. How well you know me. <laughs> Whenever I see those signs anywhere, I do my level best to nose my way in. I'm sorry, I, I behaved so outrageously at lunch. Not at all. I was admiring you. Terrifically. You knew instinctively how to talk to them. Much better than I can. Oh, tell me about the person the Swamis mentioned, the film fan. Uh, that was a joke. He just liked going to a movie now and then. I've forgotten his name. Tarun Maharaj. Tarun Maharaj? It's a nickname, actually. They gave it to him when he first joined the monastery and it stuck. Tarun means very youthful one. Maharaj is just a title of respect, like Master. He was very important to you, wasn't he? How did you know? I saw your face when his name was mentioned. I met him five years ago, when I was working for the Red Cross in Geneva. I came across him in the post office. He'd asked me to explain something about filling out a money order, and we talked for a couple of hours. And then he converted you? And I wasn't like that at all. He didn't believe in persuasion or conversion. That's such a Western attitude. Christians? <laughs> all car salesmen at heart. It wasn't so much what Maharaj said, it was what he was. <laughs> at first, you only saw this completely unimpressive, unassertive little old man. Hmm? He giggled and chain-smoked and he made embarrassing snorting noises. But he had this extraordinary calm assurance without being the least complacent or aggressive. 
What impressed me was that he wasn't some sort of unearthly being. He was definitely human. He made me feel, if he can know God, I can. How? By some kind of soul-searching? You could call it that. Look, God is either nowhere or everywhere. If he's everywhere, he's inside us. You look for him by introspection, and you can be helped and inspired by the example of others. That's the advantage of being in a monastery. But it is a do-it-yourself process, ultimately. And meanwhile, you let the outside world go to pot. That's just what I would have said in the old days. How utterly I despised mystics who tried to save their own souls while their neighbors were hungry. But I'll tell you something, Patrick. Something I have found out already. You can't save your own soul without helping other people. I mean helping them basically. In the only way that really matters. <laughs> Ollie. A man could sit in a cave meditating all alone for a lifetime and actually help his fellow men. You see, thoughts are things. And this is the thing which everybody needs, whether he knows it or not. I don't expect you to believe that, of course, Patrick. I believe you believe it. A few weeks later, I moved in with him. This was a new kind of life for me. I'd become used to living with lots of other people, and now here I was, alone with him, every evening. Sometimes we'd sit for an hour, even longer. Being with him was inactivity with intense meaning. It was like coming out of a daze and asking myself... Where was I all day long? And then answering, I don't know exactly. But this is where I am when I'm awake. You are my first disciple, Ollie. The others are good, earnest people, but they're only my students. I always ask the Lord to send me a disciple that is like a spiritual son. He grows up to follow in his guru's footsteps. I myself will give you your first vows. Then, in a few years, if the Lord wills, we will go together to India, to my monastery, and you will take sannyas. Maharaj, I, I don't think I'm ready for vows. What we call vows in our order are really resolves. You resolve to be pure in thought, word, deed, but you only resolve to try. If you fail, you will not go to hell. So, after a good deal of hesitation, I took the first vows. After that, we talked more and more about India. <laughs> I, I have just... One wish, Ollie, to, to be there that night in the temple, to see you put on the yellow robe. <laughs> Maharaj, I don't think I'll go to work today. I, I will stay here with you. <laughs> Why should you do that? I don't like leaving you alone. Ah, oh, 
I'm never alone. I have the Lord with me. Without you, the Red Cross is alone. Go to them. They need you to give them strength. But suppose you, you want something. The Lord will give me all that I want. <laughs> Why do you look so anxious, Ollie? Do you expect me to run away? Don't you know that the Guru can never run away from his disciple? Not in this life, not in any other. Well, can I do anything for you before I go? I, 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 I wish to kneel before the shrine. But Maharaj, the doctor oh, said... Bring me my chadar. <laughs> the doctor thinks I am safest in bed. <laughs> I know. I am safest before the shrine. After I helped him to the shrine, he smiled so sweetly, and he patted me on the head. He did that very seldom. Afterwards, I've, I felt it had been a special kind of blessing, something for me to remember later. I was worried about him all day. The doctor told me he had several things wrong with him and couldn't be expected to last long. Maharaj realized this and took it very calmly, but I, I wondered... I wondered if I ought to have left him. So I decided to come home earlier than usual. I found him lying in front of the little shrine where we used to meditate. He was wrapped in his yellow chadar, and his beads were looped round his hand. I believe that he left his body deliberately during meditation. That's why he reassured me that morning about not running away. He had already decided to do it. He wanted me to know it was intentional in order to strengthen my faith. I picked him up and I placed him on the bed. I had Maharaja's body cremated and brought the ashes here to be scattered in the river. The Swamis let me do this myself. I was so grateful to them to be able to do this for him. It, it made me feel very near to... God! Oh, that's crawling with ants! Sorry, I... Sorry I interrupted you so rudely. Go on, go on with them. Um, go on with what you were telling me. There's nothing more to tell. I found that all absolutely fascinating. Oh, did you? Well, you better not get too fascinated. What do you mean? Might be risky. Risky? Sooner or later, you might have to ask yourself if there wasn't some truth in what I believe. Considering your way of life, wouldn't that be a bit inconvenient? <laughs> My dear Ollie, surely you should be the last person to worry about that. I mean, let's suppose that by some miracle I did change my attitude. Shouldn't I be, from your point of view, saved? Well, here come the swamis. Oh, Patrick, uh, Prema has told you everything you wish to know? Oh, uh, yes, Swami. Well, uh, there is one thing. That seat, is it in some way connected with Tarun Maharaj? Certainly. When he lived with us, he used to sit there every day. I'm surprised that Prema did not tell you this. He didn't have to. It's hard for brothers to hide anything from each other. I've been telling Prema how lucky you all are to be outside the city. I'm not sure it isn't a greater austerity living in my luxury hotel than in this beautiful place. 
Then why don't you come and stay with us? An excellent idea. Please do. Oh, but Swami... You will find our guest house modest but cleanly. One of our boys can prepare you an English breakfast. He was formerly a Christian. Oh, but I couldn't, I couldn't possibly intrude. Uh, how can you possibly speak of intrusion? You will be the guest of your brother. He will add his entreaties to ours. Can you refuse him? <laughs> no, I <laughs> suppose I can't. Then it is settled. Some sound, the the the, the chanting. It, it's not at all what I expected. You like it? Splendid. Then let us go into the temple. Swami, I have some work to do. Very well. I say I, I don't think I'd better come with you into the temple either, Swami. I shouldn't feel right. I mean, my clothes. That and... is unimportant. The Lord does not look upon the outer man. <laughs> all the same, if you'll excuse me, I think I'd rather stay out here and listen. Then we will all listen here. We will sit on the bench. Sit between us, Patrick. Come. Come. Plenty of space for three. Come, come. Uh, yes, of course. Thank you. Damn you. Damn you. After five years... After being in this place, after knowing Maharaj, none of it helps. I still get afraid that I'll start behaving like you and lose my own identity altogether. You still make me question the way I live my life. Why can't I make you question the way you live yours? Oh, this languid, supercilious, oriental negativism. I loathe it. These polite, smiling monks, that foul holy river. There's something so blandly, obscenely hypnotic about it all. If I'm supposed to be so spiritual, hate my own brother, how can I dare to take Sanyas? I'm going to fight this place and get you out. And how you'll thank me for that one day. Oh. Oliver, how lucky you are to have a brother like me. A Meeting by the River was adapted for the stage by Christopher Isherwood and Don Bacardi from Isherwood's novel A Meeting by the River and adapted for this podcast by Catherine Bucknell. Directed by Anthony Page, with Dominic West as Patrick, Kyle Soller as Oliver, Penelope Wilton as Margaret, Annabel Mullion as Penelope, Robert Ashby as Tarun Maharaj, Jonathan Bailey as Tom, Ranjit Krishnama as Head Swami, Tibu Fortis as Second Swami, Gerard Horan as Rafferty, Manish Gandhi as Asim. Music by Edmund Jolliffe. Casting by Amy Ball. Assistant Director, Shani Erez. If you like this podcast and think more people should hear it, please rate it, review it, and subscribe to it. Visit our website, theanimalspodcast.com, to learn more about us. Please join us for Act 2 of A Meeting by the River. A Meeting by the River is produced by Catherine Bucknell and Shani Erez as part of The Animals Podcast. Production Assistant, Zenobi Purvis. 
Recorded in London at the Soundhouse with Phil Horn. Post-production by Toma Run. Website by Zenaby Purvis. We would like to thank our friend Pravajika Vrajaprana of the Vedanta Society of Southern California and Swami Tayagananda, head of the Ramakrishna Vedanta Society of Boston. Haley Goswami, Dilip Subramanian, the Huntington Library, San Marino, California, and the Wiley Agency. Don Bacardi, Catherine Bucknell, Penguin Random House, and Farah Strauss-Giroux donated rights for this podcast, which is underwritten by the Christopher Isherwood Foundation. Special thanks to Cast and Creatives for donating time to this podcast. Copyright Don Bacardi, Catherine Bucknell, and The Animals Podcast 2017.